Welcome to Teach Your Passion Online, the weekly podcast for passionate people who want to build online businesses. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. Matthew Chapman here again, and today my guest is Andrew Holland. Andrew and I have been working together for a while. He's uh, an amazing copywriter, social media, and uh, SEO expert. Welcome to the podcast, Andrew. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you for having me. No problem, mate. So recently we worked together on a, a course I was creating and um, you offered to write the sales page for me, which was very kind of you. Um, and I'd just like to report so we can do it live that uh, I think we, you wrote the sales page a couple of weeks ago. I launched a product last week and I've already 10x my return on investment for paying for your copywriting. So thank you very ah, much. Superb, superb. Well, we to hear that. Thank you. Yeah, it's good. Really, really good. Um, really happy with how it went and, and the response has been amazing. And obviously that's just the first week of it being live. So yep. I imagine I'll get a 100x return within a few months. So thank you very much. No pleasure. Thank you. So I've been following your work for a long time um, on your social media and on your blog. Um, and you're kind of known as an expert in, what would you say, copywriting, SEO, that sort of area, content yeah. marketing? Yeah, I mean, it, it sort of it, it sort of happened by accident. Um, so, some people will know that I have a website called The Self-Defense Expert, um, especially some of your audience might know that. Um, yeah. That's how it all got started, really. I had no, I, I had no desire to get into this whatsoever. <laughs> I was pretty happy. Um, about 10 years ago, we're talking now. I bet it is 10 years, really. Uh, about 10 years ago, I was a policeman. I was very... Um, happy with the job in many ways and then um we ended up i mean it's funny how we've ended up back here again but we ended up with the recession you know the big financial collapse yeah and i made a couple of silly decisions so at this time um i worked as uh, i was in the police and i worked as what they call a cheers handler which stands for covert human intelligence source which is basically a posh word for informant handler and it was a pretty good job I was pretty happy with it. I was well paid. I was very highly paid because I joined the police force really young at 18. So I was I was uh, earning fantastic money for a man of my age and I was due to retire at 48. So I would have retired at 48 with a big lump sum pension. I would have done really well. So so I, um, I was happy with things and I decided to go down the promotional wagon, so to speak. Uh, and very difficult to get promoted in, as a sergeant if you are, because I got all my qualifications, I was qualified as a sergeant, it's very difficult to get, to get promoted, or it was then, if you work in a specialist office. And informant handling is one of the most specialist environments. Right. So I left that job to try and uh, get what they call evidence for interview procedures. And I went and um, so I went back into uniform, ended up on sort of like a mini proactive community unit, as they call it. Um, I think it's called Community Action Team, I think they're called. And um, and at that point, it, it, I quickly became disillusioned because the recession had hit. And then we were told they weren't promoting. They had no plans to promote for like another three years. So I'd gone and left a very nice, safe, good job, highly specialized job, and basically give that up to go and, on the promotional bandwagon. Yet that goalpost had been moved quite significantly. So that caused me to reevaluate life and everything else. And uh, me and my friend, Georgie Georgiev, 
we um, we looked at things, what we could do. He was running a jiu-jitsu, sorry, a, a sambo and judo club. And we decided to set up a jiu-jitsu club at the local college. And um, I didn't know anything about marketing. I hadn't run a business. I, you know, I, I just had my son born, my first... Um, my firstborn, as we call him, the firstborn, and um, we I, we set up this club, and I honestly believe if you build it, they will come. I believe this. <laughs> Don't we all believe that when we start? And I did. I've I've been watching a lot of Lloyd Lloyd Irwin, I think he's called Lloyd Irwin. Yeah. Um, yeah. The stuff at the time, reading some of his um, articles online, listening to some of his products, and. And I kind of saw this. I saw this model as, yeah, this could be, this could work. And we set up like this thing. It was called Massac Jiu Jitsu. I just made the name up entirely, and we set it up. And literally, I had no idea what we were doing, and um, <laughs> it, it was there was no particular syllabus. And we, you know, we got a few people through the doors, but it was quite typical of, of the fact I'd be sitting there, and you know, uh, the panic had set in at, at, at six thirty on a Friday. Is anyone going to turn up? Is anyone going to be there? Are we going to have enough money to pay for the room rent, which was extortionate? Um, you know, so it, it was just, we're on a hide into nothing. And, and eventually after a very expensive learning period in terms of room hire and lack of people coming in, and I did everything. I, I printed flyers, put them out there. I didn't know anything about marketing, just assuming they wanted to do self-defense. And then... You know, it was basically a flop. I mean, that's it's a nice way to say it, but it was a flop. And um, I luckily had a website. I done the, I brought a GoDaddy website. I think that's what most people start off with doing things with. And um, it was terrible. But I decided to keep the website. And because I had a little boy, my wife worked shifts, and she was working nights and things like that, I decided to keep the website and just start writing stuff. And I, I'd only just had a Facebook, I had no interest of in having a Facebook account, except I was told that it was the good thing to do to try and market your classes. So yeah. I got a Facebook account um, and started writing. A few people started reading it. And um, one day I get a call from BBC Radio it was, and I, I, they asked me to go down to the local studio. And, and I was like, okay, sure. Um, I'll do that, you know, we want to do an interview on self-defense. Oh, okay, yeah, no worries, I'll do that. So uh, just out of curiosity, how many people are listening? And I thought at the time it was going to be something like, you know, a couple thousand people because it was my local radio. And they said, oh, no, no, about 8 million listeners. I was like, what, 8 million listeners? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know what I'm talking about. Oh, man, holy crap, 8 million listeners. So I went down, it was the Jeremy Vine show on BBC Radio 2, and I don't listen to radio, so... I, I, that was new for me, but I, I rang a few people and said, is this a big show? They said, yeah, it's a big show. So um, <laughs> so I did an interview. It, it was only lasted 10 minutes. Went back, saw um, my obviously my graphic, which was just essentially my dad and me and my mum reading it. That was it at that point. And realised that there was kind of something in this that if I could get, you know, because I asked them how they found me, and they said, oh, we did an online search. And I was like, hold on. If you can find me from an online search that I can get 8 million listeners listening to me, exposure to kind of that audience for free, surely there's something in it. So we closed the club, and in the end, I decided to um, learn everything I could about marketing before I set up another club, and that was always the passion, so to speak, um, and you know, learn all that online stuff and everything. I did that for years and years, 
And um, and the idea was I'd open up another club at some point, and you know, still I was still pursuing the police dream. But unfortunately, in about 2014, um, I was diagnosed with really chronic asthma. So, uh, you know, the kill you on the spot kind changed my life because I'm on really high doses of medication. And um, they said, I mean, do you want to stay or go? And, you know, because they were actually getting rid of police officers at that point because they were trying to save money. And I was an expensive person to sit in an office. So, uh, which is where I ended up because they didn't want, criminals don't like you to have your inhaler when, when you're buying them. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> And yeah, so I ended up asking to go and uh, and thought, you know, well, I've got no qualifications and such. I'll see how this online stuff goes. And then, and that was it. That was 2015. I walked out on the last day of March 2015. And then I've been going ever since doing this online stuff. <laughs> so there you go. That's, a, that's an amazing story. I mean, wow. Right. <laughs> what a journey that's been, eh? It, 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 yeah, it, it's been a really different, you know, it's really different because I never ever um, knew where this was going to end up and take me, and I still don't. And it's kind of a roller coaster ride, you know. So um, it, it is, and it is. It's when you walk out of one job where you actually know it really well, and you yeah. walk, and your future was set. At forty-eight, I was going to retire, get some job in a supermarket, pushing trolleys, and and you know, in general, living the good life at forty-eight. And um, the other thing that I didn't say is because of the recession, the government had cut a lot of money off us and got rid of a lot of the bonuses on. So my, I lost a lot of money in wages. And then, yeah. that, like, not a lot, but enough. And obviously, having children with childcare bills, that was an interest, that was a fuel a problem. Um, and obviously, I, I have two children, so those childcare bills were, were high for quite some time. Um, and the lovely Theresa May um, and their pension review meant it. So I'd gone from retiring at 48 to 62, I think I would have been, or something like that when I'd retired. Oh, no, gutted. Yeah, so, so the goalposts have completely changed. So it wasn't like I was leaving a job I knew I'd retire at 48, and it was a job, it was a choice of I was going to be working until I'm 60, or I'm going to be working until I'm 65, 67. One would be in the police force, of which I could get kicked out of or get in trouble or... or something silly and and get you know lose my job or whatever um and and also get assaulted <coughs> pardon me and or or go and try this adventure so i decided to try this adventure and, you know it's been an up and down journey no doubt about that yeah but uh it's obviously going going well now i mean you have some quite big names that you've worked with in the uh, martial arts industry for copy etc oh, yeah, oh man i mean yeah it's been crazy so i, I mean there's been ups and downs. None of all of it's been good. I've, you know, I've had happy clients and, and unhappy clients for various reasons, and you know that's a long story. But it, it's you're it's a learning process. Um, you know, currently my client base is like the likes of Neil Adams, MBE. You know, Neil Adams, world judo champion, two-time Olympic medalist. He's the, the ninth dad, probably the only legitimate ninth dad I think in the country. You know. Yeah. Uh, you know, everyone, and you wouldn't find Neil calling himself Grandmaster or Wizard or anything like that. He's, he's, but the guy is just an amazing human being, the most talented, one of the most talented martial artists in the country. And even now, he would smash most people uh, of any age. You know, the guy's a legend. He's been my client. Him and his wife, Nikki, are great people. And they've been my clients since day one. I've worked with the likes of Andy Norman from Defense Lab Katie fame for some time. And, and for those of you that might follow these things, I did some work for a guy called Moa Kagan, who's famous from AppSumo. Sumo. Yeah, yeah. And even as recently as January, I was working for a guy called Brian Dean, who 
He's the founder of backlinko.com, which is a seven-figure um, blog online. You know, if you don't know it, it's in the marketing space, SEO space. So, you know, I was doing copies for, for him. So, you know, so I've had a really uh, big, different types of clients. Uh, we do, I've done strategies for people. I've done copy for people, marketing. I, I was the uh, trainer for the Chambers of Commerce for some time. Um, helping businesses that way and then you know even, even get asked to be a lecturer I was a lecturer at university but I, I would ask to do it again this year to do a guest lecture on marketing for some students you know and it's crazy because I've you know most, most everything I've learned is from online but you know so it, it, it's it's a really weird sort of situation but yeah it's been fun <laughs> it's been yeah that's, that's, those are some amazing clients especially like Noah Kagan I've just got into his YouTube channel he's a, he's a crazy fun dude yeah, I mean, I'm honest. That didn't work out well for me. I mean, I'm very honest with that. It, it, that was a bit of a learning curve. You know, I'm going to say that, that that came too soon. Right. Had I worked with Noah now with the skill base I have now, that'd be different. Um, you know, I think that'd be a different scenario for me. But uh, I think, yeah. in essence, for that job, I, I was picked before my time, if that makes sense. So it's like, yeah, yeah I, I, you know, you learn a lot about dealing with different clients and different different people and different personalities uh gurus and things like that and that was a job that i just wasn't really prepared for and probably wasn't the right fit for looking back and, and it showed quite quickly um not that we didn't do any we did some good work it's just that you know i think noah's the the at the time noah, noah wanted me him to be my only client and unfortunately that's not the way it works and also another thing that comes into it is the time difference when you've got people, yeah, of course. You know, when I'm doing the school run and they want you online, it creates an, a very difficult, it creates friction, which, you know, when you're, you know what it's like at home, you're trying to get your kids' teas done and things like that, and it's bath time, and then you've got messages on Slack going from America, and can you, can you create a YouTube description um, in the next 15 minutes? Well, no, not really, because I'm, I'm wiping my kids' backsides, you know, it's like... <laughs> It, it, it you know it is it and then and, and unless and this if you work with somebody who's got kids in the similar situation young kids they're really understanding of those things but when they haven't then they aren't or don't understand it it's very difficult for empathy especially if you had a time zone issue with that so that working with Noah didn't work out you know well I work with many satisfied seven figure businesses as well as small businesses as well so ultimately you can't make everyone happy um, but you know, I, I, I'd like to say I've got a ninety-five percent happy client base, or have been happy clients. Well, you can include me in that because I'm a happy client. <laughs> that's great, man. It's great. Um, so I recently, well, not recently, but in the last few years, have really realised how important copy is. Uh, when I first started, sort of Mitmaster, I had no idea about copy. I didn't know, you know, how to structure sales pages, how to, you know, add scarcity, how to use triggers and all of the good stuff that I'm learning now. And in my opinion, copywriting is, is probably the number one skill you need for online success. What's your thoughts on that? I think, um, I think it's really interesting. Yeah, ultimately, no one, I love video. I do love video because I've done like millions of video views for videos. Right? I love video, but no one buys video, if that makes sense, you know, and in terms of somebody has to read something before they buy something. So it's, um, I'm a big fan of that. I don't know if you know the BJJ Fanatics, Judo Fanatics site that they've got. I mean, they smash the Facebook ads out. And 
Um, they're really clever how they do things in terms of they must be spending an awful lot on traffic, but it's the little it's the words that pop up, fifteen percent discount. You know, if you subscribe to their channel, or, you know, and it, it is the little things that that pop up and the little words that, that actually push you over the edge. And this is only fifty percent off daily deal and things like that. It's it's the words that get your attention, even though that's a video product. And I do yeah. want video, um, but no one brought a video. No one, no one buys from a video checkout page. So if the checkout page isn't hasn't got the right words on there, then they don't make people feel safe and secure. I mean, it's, we're getting into conversion side as well here, but you know, it, it is the words that do the heavy lifting. Uh, because in essence, people like to read. I'm not necessarily the fine print, but people like to read. Okay, and and words make people um, happier. So, I mean, to give you an analogy, how many times do you see one of these dodgy products on Facebook, like I don't know, like a potato peeler or something like that? That you think, yeah, I'd, I'd buy that, and but then you start looking at the reviews or some of the comments and people are ordering the stuff, and you look at the website and you're just not, you're just not quite over the line because you're thinking oh i'm gonna make bank details stolen here i don't know this company when's it gonna come they're not amazon and stuff so your copy makes um a lot of a lot of lifting for you and in addition i think what copy does is um you know so you've got two sides of copy you've got copywriting where you want people to take action and then you've got the content marketing side and the blogging things like that is when you actually commit to doing something at length you know and you can do this with a video as well but when you actually invest time into doing something, you're sending out a signal that says to people, you're just not going away. And you're there, your, your, your reputation's on the line because you've invested all this effort, time, money, and effort to write this content, to create these videos or whatever. So I believe when I, when I land on the, the sales page, well, you know, I believe that you're gonna come through with the goods. So, you know, copy is hugely important um in in the right context as well so you know it's important because you can add a certain line in there and start getting yourself more more sales you know you can take a line out and get more sales that you know you editing is a big part of copywriting as well um and i think one of the big things i see in martial arts because i deal with all the products as, and stuff and I, and I see a lot of products from different people is um most people don't do as well with with cold traffic in terms of a lot of people do well with warm traffic people that know them and buy stuff but um they, they would be they would not make any money with, on the cold traffic side so um you know they're reliant on people knowing and they're reliant on all this work they have to do beforehand so they get a percentage of sales but then there's a massive huge market out there and that's where copywriting really does make a difference as well it converts cold people as well so yeah it's incredibly important yeah and i i've noticed um that I, I when i first started writing copy i would not make the sales pages long enough as in i wouldn't put enough detail on the page yeah uh, and i think that is a, a such a huge mistake because it's almost like i assumed that people could read my mind about how it would help them and yeah. you know how they would benefit from them but you've actually got to put all of that on the page and write it down and i just didn't i just kind of just put a few bullets a few, yeah. few head headlines and a few you know bits of description yeah. text. but the more i've studied copywriting the more i understand that like actually working a process or a system is probably mm -hmm. better than just winging it and putting stuff down do you have any sort of particular system that you work from or yeah I mean, 
I do. I mean, I use a lot of different systems, to be fair. I draw on, on several different ones. Um, at the moment, I use more um, a guy called Ben Settle. His, his systems, I use more. Um, just because it's easier, Brian Dean's copy pages, I tend to tend to follow them because they're very similar system, to be fair. So I kind of mix between a guy called Ben Settle and, and uh, Brian Dean's sort of method, methodology. So, I mean, Brian Dean's selling seven set courses for $3,000, you know. So, it, you know, so if you can look at that kind of sales page and, and also design makes a massive difference as well. Um, <clears throat> because what people don't understand, in the, and I, I love what's going on in the martial arts world at the moment, and it's really, really cool because we had to adapt and, um, you know, so my judo, I, I'm into judo, that's why I train on a, on a weekly basis, I go to judo, and judo is in a terrible position, it's probably one of the worst hit, but yeah. it isn't because at the same time, it's, it's an amateur sport, most judo clubs, we pay, I think my mat fee is somewhat like £3 or £5, I can't remember, you know, when I pay £20 a month, and I think it's sort of like, I think £20 a month for me and the kids, it's, it's not, it, it's really cheap, they're not doing it to make money, and um, judo's got, because obviously, because judo gets funded and all this kind of stuff, it's Olympic sport. Um, so what we've seen with the professional things that, that I've got friends and professional instructors we're both friends with, and, and you know, I've seen your group online, and what we're seeing is people having to adapt and make money. And they're, okay, we're going to go online now, and we should have really gone online before, which is great. And I think that's the way forward. But what people need is now is a backup plan. Okay, so what happens if this pandemic comes back again in winter how am i going to deal with that rather than relying on government handouts well the the simple thing is an educational product um that's not just for your students it's for the greater world and you've got to, it's one thing selling to your students which is great which requires very little effort you'll sell 20 30 copies or memberships 20 30 memberships to students because they want something and also there's a little bit of an alignment and people want to help were struggling and the new businesses like martial arts schools are struggling so there's a little bit of that going on and um but when you sell to the greater world within the martial arts community let's face it we are the most critical bunch of people on the planet of anything that we don't train in ourselves and anyone who isn't our instructors and um you know so when you do that it's a lot harder to get people to separate from their cash because everyone's wanting to criticize in the martial arts industry so when I've seen guys, I mean, like Eddie Quinn is a friend of mine. I see Eddie Quinn's products are amazing. And I know he crushes online, but I know he's put stuff on LinkedIn. I've seen it. And he's had nothing but grief. And this is Eddie. He's got a great product who works. And people say, no, nah, that won't work. That won't work. But, you know, <laughs> it, it can happen to a guy like Eddie, whose stuff's been trained by some of the best in the world and say how good it is. And you, you, if you're just random... I know everyone's a kickboxing academy and you're putting on a, a product for kickboxing. You need the writing and they need the copy because um, they'll just they'll just jump and criticize it online when they see the videos and stuff. But there are other ways to sell than going straight there. But you can do advertisements and then when people land on the page, that page is the convincer that has to convince people of, of legitimacy of the product and everything else like that because we judge so quickly on videos now without even watching the full videos and you know and and bless andy norman and defense lab who i'm great friends with still they put out a load of videos um some which were good some which were, 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 not, were not in my opinion fantastic and those videos were, were destroyed online were ripped apart online so we're very limited by by our own industry so we're in a very critical industry so a sales page and good copy helps to explain an awful lot 
because I hadn't, I hadn't thought about that. That's such a good point. Like the the whole problem with video and people trolling you and sharing yeah. it and criticizing you, but they can't do the same with a sales page necessarily, can they? No, and they, because it's a one-way wouldn't... conversation. A sales page is just you talking to them and they can't interrupt you. You know, so yeah. it, 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 it's the trouble of Facebook. It allows for the internet is great because it allows for immediate feedback, but it, what it doesn't do is allow you to explain everything. So. You know, like you get in classes, and, and I'm sure you've had students, Matt, because you've been a teacher for years, and, and I'm sure everyone listening to this will, but what if? But what about? What if he did this? That won't work in a real fight. This won't do that. Sales page, especially if you're writing a long one, and I'm talking about over 2,000 words of copy, you know, if you're writing a decent long sales page, you answer all those arguments, and it allows you the time and the effort to allow them to read it, not just once, but repeatedly, to get your point across so you can deal with the what ifs and what aboutisms and things like that and okay and then you can also introduce your credibility so hey what does that person know this person you won seven kickboxing world titles or whatever like that you know or national titles you know more than them and you're allowed to position yourselves video and facebook video as great as it is it allows some random person who's had a beer at night just sitting on the sofa to comment negatively and i've been there i've been negatively commented on people earlier days so so i know what it's like so yeah your sales page actually allows you to to just deal with everything easily and effortlessly and uh, quite stress-free really so you don't have to get into that trolling stuff yeah i mean that's such a such a great point um i hadn't really considered that that the difference between social media and a sales page but it makes so much sense so i'm going to write some more sales pages now um <laughs> But with a sales page, it's not quite as simple as just sort of bl splurging on the page, is it? And just getting everything out there. There needs to be a sequence, a structure to have maximum effect. Would you agree with that? Yeah, you can. And it differs. So, I mean, those, I mean, you all know Matt Fury. I'm sure you will from the, the yes. graphics. So Matt Fury is like the legend of copyright in the martial arts industry. You know, he is. I mean, who didn't pick up grappling monthly and then see their, his, his long adverts? I'm sure they were in Martial Arts Illustrated as well. Who didn't see those long adverts for his combat conditioning course and things like that? And the farmer uh, fitness course, I forget what it is and stuff. You know, he was old school. And you can do that in magazines because, one, you could buy the, 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 the actual um, spread. And it was because it was, a, a, you're right, reading an art, a magazine where, the article was read it was it was it was quite entertaining it had to be entertaining otherwise no one had read it so there was a lot yeah. of it was like an art every every advert was like an article well depending on how you're getting your traffic now it, it makes a big difference so for example if you've got an email list and you've got um a relatively warm list you know with people that like you know you and they read your stuff you don't really have to put tons of background story in so hey i'm matt chapman and all this kind of you know this is what happened you don't have to do that you can do it it doesn't hurt things but you don't you can just go straight into the value side because they already know your story but when you're dealing with cold traffic then you have to have um you're going to have to introduce a story element to them because stories commit so much data so you've got your you know you've got to have um depending on how it works you've got to have your headline or and you've got to have some promises you've got to have uh, the story your background you know how this product works what's inside it you know what the terms of conditions are what the faqs are so there is there's got to be structure and there's hundreds of different structures out there 
and you could buy the, the literally they're all from we've seen many of them free on the internet so many different ones of how you should structure that sort of sales page template and and put it in an instruction because one we're kind of conditioned to reading those kind of things anyway we've been reading them since you know for years and years and two um what it does is it allows you to get the information across in the order that works and you know because if i go straight in with all the um to, with all the frequently asked, asked questions it just doesn't make sense or if i go straight in with the price then that doesn't make sense and a lot of people you know will say oh no i just want to know how much it is so what they'll do is because i know i install content analytics and you can see this people will scroll straight down to the price and then scroll <laughs> yeah. back up and read it because uh, you know, because ultimately, sometimes people just haven't got the budget, you know, and, um, you know, so if you scroll down to a $3,000 sales page, you know, where we're selling $3,000 products, it's, you scroll down right down to the bottom, okay, whoa, okay, and oh, they've got a $97 a month option or something like that, okay, well, now I kind of can afford it, I go back up to the top and read it, so, you know, so there's, there's lots of ways, and there's also scan readers, so you want to have your subheadings with benefits in there and curiosity elements that you know, stop people in the tracks. And also, people will read things three, four, five times. Some people will open it up on the mobile because they're at work, and they'll have a quick scan of the mobile. They think, oh, I really want That looks interesting. I'll go back and read that later. They go home, and then eventually, it's 11 o'clock at night, when the missus or whatever, or the husband's gone bad, they open it up and think, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm tempted with that product. And, and then... They leave it a couple of days and then they get another email from the um, marketing person and, and they say, oh, yeah, you've only got a day left. And then you add there. And it's like scarcity. Adding scarcity to things can work massively as well. So there's loads of elements in copy that, that, that we don't understand but have been around for hundreds of years since the printed word came out. So, you know, it, I, I, I stand on the shoulders of giants. I've worked from others. I've, I've, I, I'm not, nothing that I invented. I don't invent things. I just I learn and then apply. Which uh, which is the key skill, isn't it, for anything? I mean, you, you have to uh, look at what's been done in the past and then, you know, study it and then improve on it. Uh, so I've been trying to up my copy game by <laughs> following uh, various experts, like you say, like Brian Dean, like yourself and um buying lots of books on copy um probably the, the simplest one I've, I've read which might be good for people listening to this to get started is um how to write copy that sells by ray edwards yeah 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 i've seen that one yeah i've got i've actually got that one um to be honest with you i actually funny i was following ray edwards for a little bit but then i i found his youtube he kept sending me youtube videos all the time and i found them the most boring youtube videos in history so i, I stopped i actually stopped subscribing to him which is interesting because i'm obsessed with copy but it was like he was trying a medium that just didn't appeal to me in terms of yeah that um, is. That, that's, that's a little another thing you know for people to touch on is is um we become obsessed with one medium and um so i don't i don't like generally listening to podcasts i'm going to be on a few i don't generally like listening to them the only podcast i tend to listen to is seth godin's the akimbo podcast and that's just seth talking so i don't have guests on that and then occasionally I'll listen to um, Joe Rogan's, I quite like that and stuff. But but I would read a transcript to Joe Rogan's um, podcast. And I would certainly read, I like watching the micro videos from Joe Rogan. He's got a separate YouTube channel. So, you know, um, we all like consuming content in, in different mediums. So, you know, copy is important and you should do copy. And, um, 
you know, I can't, I hate reading Kindle books. I like reading physical books. So it, it's, it's quite strange really. I know a guy who's an incredible writer blogger, uh, Daniel, and he's got a fantastic book. So he created a course, sorry, yeah, he created a course, but what he did was, was create a, a book and it's massive, it's really thick, it's a great book on content marketing. And uh, that was an example. And I brought the Kindle version, because that's the only thing he had on sale at the time. Um, and then I've actually paid for the physical version. And I do that oddly quite a lot, but I tend to buy the Kindle version to keep. And if it's a book I really like, I'll buy the physical version of it. I, I'm not Same here. Yeah, so, you know, one thing we do as martial artists is, is, is probably we try and do video and everything else, but people like, um, people like different mediums. So, you know, podcasting, video, articles, um, micro videos. There's another, some people obsessed with micro videos because they don't have time or, or low attention span, you know, and also home circumstances. So I think there's, there's an element where we can do everything with content. You know, it's, we can try and put it in as many mediums as possible. Uh, absolutely. And one of the things that I've been really interested in recently is the, um, the fact that paid advertising versus content sort of marketing um mm -hmm. the way i look at it is paid advertising is like a very quick way to drive traffic to yeah. you know your your store for example but it's totally dependent on you know one your skill at writing good copy and creating good video and two it's totally dependent on the platform actually delivering it to the right person at the right time whereas content marketing i, I seem to think is more of a long term players and it's a long-term strategy for example if facebook ads suddenly become too expensive or stop working for me then i need that content marketing strategy to just bring me in the steady stream of customers that have found me sort of organically on youtube or on, on um but via my blog or via a website or via mm -hmm. podcast um, so content marketing is a major part of running a successful business do you think uh, without a shadow of doubt, so I'm probably going to, if anything, right now, I'd urge your listeners, just get a pen and paper for a second, because I'm going to explain something that cost me a lot to learn, and a lot of people don't tend to realize. So there are two types of marketing. There is brand marketing and direct advertising. Those are the two types, generally. Yeah, and there's loads can be split on, and it can get even more complicated, but if you just keep in mind, those are the two types, brand marketing and direct advertising. With brand marketing really is, it is the cost of telling your story. And you, what you do is you, you set a budget and you spend it all. That budget can usually be in time. You know, if you're gonna commit to 10 hours a week, 20 hours a week, whatever it is you can afford. Um, if you haven't got the money to pay somebody or you pay somebody to do, you spend the budget, whatever it costs. And obviously bigger businesses have bigger budgets. And that's the cost, you spend it and you do so knowing that you might lose all that money. That's not your, you might make returns, but you're not trying to, that's not, not what it is. But with direct advertising, you, you, you spend and you should make. And that's where people get confused when it comes to budgets. And I'm not just talking people like regular people walking on the street. I'm talking marketing managers at seven figure businesses don't understand this concept. That if you, if you were to direct advertise, if you're spending 2000 pound a month on Google AdWords, you should be making more than £2,000 a month. And um, this is where sort of people don't kind of understand it in terms of it's really hard to get paid traffic to convert on the first go. 
because it's it's cold and that's why sales pages do so well because if you do them well they help to convert that cold traffic and you reduce your advertising cost because if you think about it so say um say matt you create a product and i know it's called uh, how to hit harder well if you create that product how to hit harder and you spend two thousand pound on on facebook ads and you make four thousand pound you've doubled your money so you then take that £2,000 that you've made and you reinvest it. Or you, sorry, you take your £4,000 you reinvest it because you know that you're doubling your money. You've got a 50% return on those Facebook ads or there or thereabouts. And you can, in, in essence, almost scale to infinity until you reach the whole of the marketplace. And that's ads. But it's really hard to get those kind of traction and figures. Uh, a friend of mine spent started with $400 and ended up making a million dollars. What? Yeah, online, just by scaling it, because what they'd done is they'd scale the product. They made four, spent $400 on Facebook ads. I think it was a DJ software, if I remember. And spent $400 on Facebook ads. And that $400 netted them that, they say, £2,000. They then took that straight £2,000 and put it straight back in. Think of it like, like a gambler. And they then put, keep put £2,000 back in because they know it converts. The same metrics, same advertising, same people that they were advertising to. And that two thousand dollars then makes ten thousand. Then they take the ten thousand and they stick it back in, and that ten thousand has now made eighty thousand. So what they did is they kept going up until they reached the point where they couldn't make any more money, where where they where they they, they weren't making the the levels they were because they'd obviously reached most of the marketplace, and they they ended up spending forty thousand dollars and made a million. Well, that's a great return on investment. It is, but you think about that. So if you walk up to a company, man, if I said to you, you've got to spend $40,000 and you might lose it, then you go, oh, no, 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 I don't want to do that. And rightly so. So what you do is you, with direct advertising, you've got to start small and tax. But in essence, it can scale to infinity as long as you've got the market size. But then you start to tap into other things where you've got um, – you can then do your upsells and your downsells and your side sales and you've got them on the list and then there's loads of things you can do once you saturate the marketplace you can introduce a second product you know and things like that but the what what i'm sort of saying is that um it's really hard to convert well with paid traffic unless you've got that stuff beforehand which is all the content marketing so for example if we go back do you remember the hoverboard things that people used to go yeah. yeah okay so hoverboards were huge weren't they and what happened to them, they sort of disappeared. Just like fidget spinners did. And everyone says, oh yeah, it's just a fad or something like that. Well, it's a fad because no brand has got hold of it. So if you think Samsung, if Samsung had invented a hoverboard and on the, on the Christmas when they all became crazy, Samsung had put out a hoverboard and hoverboard would largely be still out today and people would be buying them because Samsung's a trusted brand. They've put a lot over the years into their marketing. We know who Samsung are. In the end, what we had was a load of people selling them on market stores, didn't we? And then they were melting in the plugs because they were just brought from anywhere. So what that branding, that content marketing does is that helps you to um, convert more cold, convert colder traffic, convert better traffic, you know, and um, it, it's, we don't, companies won't get that, that, content marketing side and even if we go and look at your audience for martial arts instructors potentially you know you've got to, if you want to do well with a product you need to put out quite a lot so um like alan belcher alan belcher the, the mma guy isn't he and yes yeah yeah so he sold he went into the internet marketing thing 
for quite some time and did quite well with products, I believe. But we all knew of him from the UFC so that if taking care of his branding, if that makes sense. So, so there's an awful lot with content marketing. What it does is it, it helps you to to get people over the line. It helps you to charge more money. It helps you to be more relevant. It helps your traffic, your cold traffic to convert better. It also helps your warm traffic to convert better. So it's like the two sides, if that makes sense. And eventually, if you get a winner and you get a product that's doing really well, you and you're spending on direct advertising, you do a test, it works, and you keep spending and spending and spending, you can scale to infinity. And that's how people make a million dollars with online with products. And I know several that several people you have. And it's just about finding that that perfect um, product, that perfect audience, that perfect timing, that can be a key to it as well. And then in addition to that, as well as getting your marketing tool, and you will, you will, people will make, there's no abundance of people wanting to buy martial arts products because we live, it's one of the, the things that we want to do. We want to learn how to look after ourselves and better ourselves. But what we have is a martial arts community got up our marketing game, if that makes sense. And you've achieved that with your really cool products and videos, you know, and you're doing really well out of it. And, and I see, I know people who have got terrible products and videos who are doing really well because they, their marketing side is, is so much slicker, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes, that makes total sense. And content marketing, I think, is, is something that people struggle with because maybe they're not sure what to create, what to write, what to put down, whether to make videos for YouTube or make them for TikTok. And yeah. I, I mean, I, I get all of that. What I like to do is try and tick as many Spaces as possible but obviously have my area of speciality now because I create so much video it makes sense for me to go heavy on the video side of content marketing mm -hmm. but like you I like to read stuff so I also <laughs> try and create ebooks and reports and downloads and guides for the people who also like to read and I also like to you know speak to martial arts instructors and experts like yourself so the podcast yep. is a way to to deal with that so it's just creating content across a range of modalities, but kind of focusing on the ones that you really like to to work on. Well, it's your brand. You know, you're creating a brand by doing this, aren't you? I mean, there's a few podcasts I started seeing emerging. So, you know, so you know, I see your stuff and, and I see it online. And there's a trust element there because you put this effort in. Okay, so so if I if I see your saw your advert, I click through to your website. I see you've got a podcast with 55 episodes. I see you've got a blog with 55 articles. I don't even need to read all those articles or listen to any of the podcasts to instantly know you are legit. Yeah. So I, I know that you have put some effort and time, and that gives me, so when I go back and I see your advert retargeted on me and I click on it and I see that and I see you put that much effort into it, suddenly uh, you've legitimized yourself. And, and, and I haven't read any of those articles and podcasts and people would say, well, why, what's the point in doing a podcast if no one's listening or perhaps, you know, I'm only getting 10 listeners and things. There's, the reason is because it adds legitimacy to everything else you're doing and sends out what we call signaling, sends out those signals to people. And if I was your audience right now, um, you know, when I'm a martial artist, I, I'm gutted. I am a fat pig right now after lockdown. I've piled on weight like never before. I'm desperate for the gym to be open. I'm desperate. I hate running outdoors. You kill my back and my legs. And, you know, I, I'm one of these people that I dread the thought of a second lockdown happening. But I can see it eventually and winter going on. And, and, and that, for me, I, I, 
if I was anybody in your industry right now, I would be with fury, fury like nothing before, be now trying to learn how to make a living, trying to sell products online in this niche because we're always going to buy, even in this niche, in this even in lockdown, people are buying martial arts products. I know that because I, you know I'm an affiliate for some. So it, it's it's a case of I think your audience um, should go. If I can give any advice, is get get your not get their knowledge and create a product not just for the clubs because I think that's great. We've discussed this before where we're having an online academy for your your students uh, to help them gain even more from the physical training is is a superb thing to do for all kinds of things like upsells, membership packages, everything. But create a product for the greater masses, and then you know, but also expect that that's going to be tough to sell unless you put the legwork in, which is the things like creating a podcast, going on podcasts, writing blog articles, putting out YouTube videos and things like that. So it's not just a simple case of I'm just going to put a product together. It can be, but like I said, you've got to have that copy. If you're going to do that, you've got to have better copy, better advertising and stuff like that. It's, it's always going to be harder to sell unless you've invested in that content machine like you are, like you're doing. Brilliant. I mean, that's fantastic advice, dude. I couldn't, uh, I, could, I couldn't have said it better myself. Thank you oh, very much. Matt, I mean, sorry to interrupt, buddy, but you know what? I'm, I purchased Travis last night. I spent $50 on Travis Stevens, um, Mastering Cianaggi, uh course. It's a seven video with Tim, in, him teaching Cianaggi. He's an Olympic silver medalist. You know how to do Cianaggi. It's my signature throw. So, it made sense for me to buy it. I brought it because it's been $170 and it dropped it down to 50 or something like that. And it made sense. And I only had five and I clicked on it and I didn't want to buy it last night because I was sat there with a glass of Merlot. And um, I, I literally just went ahead because there was a scarcity element on there. But yeah. Travis Stevens has been putting out tons of content during lockdown. Absolutely tons of content. You know, I don't need any more products. I just brought it because one, I'll, I'll put, you know, and this is the other thing. Most people don't even watch the product you buy. That's the sad thing, but it is part of life. And, um, you know, and I'll watch that when the time comes when Judas starts getting back and stuff, and I'll, and I'll sit there and I'll go through stuff. But we, we're, we're, you're selling infotainment is what they call it. And, um, you know, so you might have some, there might be people listening to this who've got the most devastating knee strikes going. That's, that'd be a great product. What about guy doing headbutts? We, we used to do these things years ago on VHS people did. And for some reason, I don't know why, the martial arts community went from doing all these VHS videos and stuff through Panther, I think it was, Panther products, if you remember that. And, yeah, I did. Yeah, you know, and you used to hire, get the videos of all these stars, and there was 12 modules, or 12, you get like an hour's lesson per cassette, and it was $24. So much more expensive than we charge now. And, um, and nobody had a problem with that, and people brought those products. So now what ended up happening, because we had the YouTube phenomenon, people stopped doing this sort of stuff and, and realized there's a huge gap. I want to know, there are people selling ankle lock videos out there. Okay, well, what about ankle locks for the street? Are they, what about knee bars for the street? What about Russian sambo for street grappling? What about Brazilian jiu-jitsu choke for the street? You know, there's so many different options and stuff. And there might be a product out there that's crushing it. Well, you do your own version of that. You know, and I remember buying baseball um, choke, uh, a BJJ instructional on baseball bat chokes. And uh, I remember going down this when I was like a judo orange belt or something. 
I remember trying it out and tapping some guy out the first day. I was like, man, that was worth $24. I love that. <laughs> that feeling was worth $24. So probably in your market, if I could give any message whatsoever, and I have a real broad overview of the martial arts industry as well as marketing in general, is that um, there's so many products inside each and every one of those instructors in your community. And um, now is not the time to be shy. So, you know, it, now is the time to start getting a formula, follow somebody like yourself who's already built this system out. You know, I don't know if there are any places left on your course for people or not, but, you know, follow somebody like you who's built this system out and start taking, taking the product from within and start building them and building your ecosphere, your content marketing ecosphere to sell those products because you never know when this pandemic is going to hit and we're going to go back down into lockdown again. And we're seeing it in Leicester. Obviously, Leicester's still not down, as far as I know. So great, um, yeah, great advice. I mean, it's so yeah, true. Yeah. And also, the next pandemic could be more serious, couldn't it? You know, Man, the next yeah. variation that comes out is, you know, doing lots of people in, then we might not be going out for a long time. And you're right, we we need to to consider how we're going to make an income as martial arts instructors if we have to close our schools for three, four, five, six months. Yeah, you know, exactly. And you know what? It, 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 martial arts is so one to self-defense it's so easy to do as well and it's so cheap you've got just in front of the camera and stuff you know and there's an abundance of product but there's millions of people out there to buy from so and you're not limited with the internet just to, to selling to a few people in your facebook group and things like that you know so there's there are elements for all these kind of things and it, i honestly say this to anybody start creating products as if your ass was on fire now. It is now is the time. You're getting close to opening schools again. I don't know when, if they've said yes or no. I'm not, I can't quite keep up with the government advice. Um, but you're getting close to be able to open up schools again as martial arts instructors. Now is the time really to double down. I know it. you've got a lot going on with sorting out kits and sorting out hand sanitizers and all that kind of stuff for students and wiping down mats. It, the, the money is on this thing coming back in winter, if not earlier. So I would literally be doing everything I could. I would give you, a, if I was in your group, I'd give you a thousand dollars just to teach me how you did it. And you know, ultimately, that's what you need is to have be led by the hand by somebody who can say, do this, do that, do the other. Start getting your product, get it out there, and use a proven system. I know you've got that the, the thing that we worked on together, the sales page, and you've got that course out there. But even if even if they don't want to do that, just watch what you're doing and try and observe and learn from you because there's no reason why martial arts instructors should go hungry when they're that talented and you've got the internet to sell to, if that makes sense. That's uh, amazing. What <laughs> you've got good you've got good uh, good good speaking coffee as well, dude. <laughs> I'm gonna write gonna write some of this down afterwards and go. Yeah, yeah, man, yeah, yeah. It's true though, man, isn't it? You know, the thing is I've got martial arts friends instructors who are going on not going hungry because you know, we've got this We've had the government help, and some people have had some, and some people haven't had money. But ultimately, you can't rely on the government for money. I can't, you can't, anyone can't, and you know, and certainly not again. And it doesn't matter which country you are. You, we are now in a time where we can all help each other out by buying a product. And I think that's that's a little bit something that has to go on as well, where one product sale makes a big difference. You know, so it, it is that. But at the same time, you've, we've all got this knowledge that they've spent thousands on learning and it's just stuck inside and eventually arthritis will take over and giving the products won't be as good and 
you know, nice and actually talented people who should have done products. And then you never know. And I hate to say this, but you never know. You go to the doctors, find out something's really wrong with you, and then that's it. You, your legacy's gone because you know you've not you've had some bad news or whatever. We never know what's around the corner. So there is no time like now to get your asses in the gear and create those products, but learn from somebody who's done it. You know, and that's that's the thing. Why would you make this such a battle and not just give somebody the money to help you to do it or, or to to teach you how to do it? You know, because you'll you'll cost you far more in time and energy than the other way, if that makes sense. So yeah, people have got to do it, Matt. It's urgent. It's urgent. <laughs> <laughs> thank you i mean it's amazing podcast dude great talking to you like just so many golden nuggets and great information in that uh, alone we're gonna have to do another one because that was awesome how could how can people find you if they want to find out about you okay so there's a couple of things you can do um you know first off there is uh my website which uh, i sell my services in fact i'm redeveloping it to be fair it's called zoogly z-o-o-g-l-y .co.uk, Zoogly Media we are, um, and uh, but I've just launched another blog um, the other day, if you want to learn more about copywriting, it's called Copy Warfare, uh, and copywarfare.com, and that's, I literally launched that last week, and already it's become very popular, and um, you know, that took a long time to come up with that idea, and test it, and write the copy for the website, and everything else, and build the website, you know, so it is people why that's why i say to people start now because you don't understand how much work involved in doing this stuff when it works out it's great um but yeah so if they want to find me from either zoogly you can read a load of articles on there i've got a free course on there teaching people how to generate traffic i've got a free ebook on there and uh, then obviously come to copy warfare where you're going to get um the training uh, as well for, I, I give free copywriting examples if that makes sense so but yeah that's how you can find me Awesome. Uh, just an amazing interview. Like, uh, I loved it. I learned so much and I'm sure my listeners um, did as well. And hopefully they'll take action and actually pull their fingers out and do the work. <laughs> fingers crossed. Well, that's the problem. People got to do the work. They don't understand locking yourself away to do this stuff. It's horrible. I'd just much rather watch Netflix, but you've got to do it, man. And people need to follow someone like you. And that's the, the way they Somebody who's done it. Make life easy. You've got the roadmap. Just choose the roadmap. Thank you, mate. Um, pleasure speaking to you. We'll definitely have to do another one. Um, cool, thank you very much. No problems. Thank you. We'll be speaking to you, Matt. Cheers, mate. Bye. Bye-bye.